Welcome to this week's The Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here. Travis Crins joining me, as always, uh, co-host of this fine podcast, as well as the 2080 Baseball Podcast, both of which can be found on iTunes. Mr. Crins, how are you? Your first appearance on the Baseball Podcast during the last week of the season. Look at this. Yeah. Well, I mean, better late than never, right? It's like I'm getting called up from the minors. I joined you on the 2080 baseball podcast. Got called up from the minors. Here we did the, you know, some no namers that could become stars here, and I did okay. So uh, with you and Mr. Evan Hendershot, who shaved his head, so uh, because the Twins won 80 games, so that's very good. Um, we will get to Twins and baseball talk here, regardless. But I and I, I spent all day Monday at work. I was working, but obviously we. I don't like bringing up politics because it's so divisive, especially now in this day and age, uh, especially with given who is in office right now. But when sports and politics intersect like it did over the weekend, it needs to be discussed. So I was trying to figure out the, the best way without um, without pissing people off and and turning them away from this because it's a discussion I think that needs to be had but um, we, we, we agree on, on what we're going to talk about here I would love to talk with somebody who doesn't agree with us and go back and forth just to see what and I, what they, I, why they think I, I did with a, with a couple of people who I went to school with I, I will call them friends uh, they are friends from from college here and I actually right before we got on with the podcast I've, I've been texting with one of them and he said hey I'm sorry I don't like always doing this on Facebook here so I just want to know there's no hard feelings I said yep that's that's totally fine we're both passionate about what's going on here but I, unless you've been living in a pineapple under the sea SpongeBob SquarePants uh, or under a rock like Patrick Starr uh, by now you know that uh, you know Trump on Friday at a political rally in Alabama. Uh, let, let's backtrack here. We know that Colin Kaepernick started this whole kneeling movement last year to protest some of the social injustices that he views in the world, and it's a cause that I think is is absolutely valid. valid. Yep, one hundred percent true. Um, 
there there is a lot of social injustice out of there, particularly from the African American side. Now, I'm not saying that every every situation is uh, a a means of social injustice, but there are a number of cases out there that you would just like to see uh, officials just treat citizens the same, regardless of race, you know, color, religion, all that in there. So that. It does. It does. Now, some of that could be how the media covers it, too. But for the most part, it does seem like there there are a lot of issues going on here. A lot of like people just taking the power out, uh, and it, it just it, it's not a good situation. So Kaepernick brings this up last year, and then and a number of players last year demonstrated with him. You know, they took a he initially Kaepernick was seat, was sitting, then a Green Beret kind of talked to him and said, hey. I, I understand this, but you, you should kneel because kneeling is better. And then Kaepernick took a knee for the national anthem the whole year long. It, it, it was a lot of it, it brought about a lot of talk about the issues at hand, uh, but people were still offended by what he was doing to the national anthem. So it, there, you know, he's still unemployed. So a couple of players, most notably, like Malcolm Jenkins, I believe he's the safety for the Philadelphia Eagles, if I recall correctly, and Michael Bennett, the defensive end for the Seattle Seahawks. They've been kind of the, the leaders now, the ones who are in the league, who are who keep talking about the this the social injustices as they see it. And they, they're talking about all this, and they said, okay, I mean, we need to keep this going here. We, we, we support Kaepernick in what he's trying to do. Um, so we're going to continue this here. And they have, so there, there are like roughly, I would say, a dozen players or so throughout the league, uh, maybe more. I mean, the Cleveland Browns had 10 or whatever that did it in a preseason game who just took a knee. Uh, and a lot of people have issues with that, but it was not nearly as big a deal headed into this season as it was last year. Um and Michael Bennett, if uh, for those that don't know or don't recall, was arrested after the Floyd Mayweather uh, uh, Conor McGregor fight in Las Vegas. There was a shooting incident at the nightclub he was at. He was not armed. He, was, he did not do it, but he was running just like everyone else was. Police singled him out and handcuffed him on the ground. There's video of it. I mean, the, the, Bennett's talking about you know, how they said that you know, an officer said he was going to blow his um, effing brains out uh, if he didn't, you know, cooperate and all this stuff. And this was right after he was talking about uh, everything that was going on, too, with the anthem and, um, and and protests and whatnot. So he certainly has put himself as kind of the face of this now that Kaepernick is no longer in the league right now. But then Trump at a rally in Alabama for a senator who sounds like he's as big a Republican as I mean, just all the way down the line, as you would expect from Alabama. But he uh, said, let's just get the quote up here. Uh, quote, uh, he wishes that the, that the NFL, that these owners would fire these sons of bitches. Uh, for kneeling for the flag because it's kneeling for the national anthem because it disrespects the flag and it 
just it, that took off. I mean, social media was ablaze with it. It dominated headlines throughout the entire weekend, and it if his goal was to unify the players and the owners and the commissioner, the entire sport, mission accomplished. Because the outpouring of statements from the owners is absolutely absolutely incredible. And it has served its purpose, I guess, because you had a lot of uh, demonstrations, a lot of teams, some teams went, you know, they, they linked arms, others took knees. Some teams like the Steelers, the Seahawks, and the Titans didn't even come out for the national anthem. Uh, so all of this takes place here, and people are absolutely furious now with the NFL. Uh, they want to boycott the league. Uh, they, these people are disrespecting the military and all this nonsense. And so let's start, let's pause right there. Uh, when you heard those comments on Friday, what did you think? I thought it was par for the course for the uh, guy who won the election last year. But he called, he called them sons of bitches. Um, probably the most mad you were ever at me was what I called Brad Childress a son of a bitch. <laughs> Or the Mexican man in the bed. I don't know which one. Either one of those. Take your pick. Maybe the very box. Whichever one you're fine with either. And he called. I mean, that's just kind of been almost glossed over. That the president in a public forum at a rally. Why he's at these rallies? That's ridiculous in the first place. But he calls anybody a son of a bitch. I mean, that is just amazing. Amazing. Can you imagine the president? Any president. Besides this one, calling somebody on an open mic, let alone in front of thousands of people, a son of a bitch, yeah. to say this guy should be fired. That is incredible. So many things to talk about here. So I heard that. I'm like, yeah, sounds like, uh, sounds like him. Sounds like him. And it's amazing how anything he wants to get done, health care, go down the list. Uh, immigration, everything he wants to get done, the exact opposite happens. And, and not to distract from this and go down the political aspect, but I do think, and I tweeted this out, I believe it was Saturday, that if the goal is to distract people from the potential failed health care bill that's about to come out, because it sounds like they still don't have the votes for it, maybe that will change. But they set a deadline for the 30th of September. So if that doesn't get done, uh, a health care reform, it'll still be Obamacare and, and this and that. So if his goal was to try and distract people from the another embarrassing fail of the health care bill, the mission accomplished. Um, but but that's one of the first things that I thought of after I heard this. But And, 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 and Russia. I mean, Russia's the big thing yeah. here that we're waiting to and this thing continues to build and more and more comes out. And every time there's something, um, whether he thinks it's getting closer, he does one of these things, and it usually lasts for a couple days, maybe a week, and there's been a long list of them over the past two years, and they go away. Uh, remember, uh, the, the Charlottesville stuff was a big deal, yep. and that went away like a week. It was, it was, it was a, a month and a half ago, it went away in a week. This will probably go away in a week as well. Yep. Um, but just the whole thing about the national anthem and the protests here, if people think that they're disrespecting the the military and 
That's not that's not what their intent is. And they, no player has ever said from the beginning here that they are doing this to disrespect the military or protest the military. They are raising awareness or trying to make take a stance on what they perceive are social injustices going on within the African-American community or in the country. And a lot of it deals with the African-American population. And it, how else, I ask, how else are they supposed to do it in a way? And you know what, they're, they're protesting this peacefully because again it's there it's a freedom of speech it's within the first amendment rights and you have you know people have every right to be upset with them you know that they that they aren't placing their hand over their heart like every other person in the stadium is sure but i think the anger is misplaced because it should you just aren't understanding what they're doing. You're just saying, oh, they're disrespecting the, the flag and the military in the United States of America. But, I mean, that that's the whole thing about this here, is that they're doing it for a reason. Shouldn't you be asking questions about why they're doing it, rather than just be furious that they are taking a knee or linking arm in arm together? I, I think that's the those are the questions that you need to ask first and foremost, not just be angry and say they're disrespecting the military, because in actuality they aren't, and many of veterans, both current and former, have come out and said, I understand why they're doing this. Maybe they, maybe they don't, um, they don't, they say we wouldn't probably do it, but they say this is within their rights. If those, if those people who have fought for our freedom, if they are okay with this or understand at least why they're doing it why does the average joe not understand why can't they accept what they're doing and try and help and build uh and, and help resolve the problem that's the question i don't have in all of this the people that are the most vocal about uh, whether it's military or rights or the, the Constitution and your Second Amendment and all of this stuff, see, like, those are the most, the, the people that are the most offended by people actually uh, using their rights and using their, you know, their First Amendment freedom of speech. Um, or if, if, if you disagree with them, then they, they don't like that. They say you shouldn't do that. Even though that's the, the whole idea, anybody can do and say whatever they want. There are consequences to those yes. actions, but uh, because we live where we live, you have the right to do this. If, if you agree with us, good. If you don't, good. You can, you can, but what you, you, what you cannot, and you should not say no. You cannot do that. But I think that's what's going on here. It's been effective in that we're talking about it. It has been not effective because as you said, we're not talking about uh, what we should be talking about. We're not talking about what Kaepernick would probably want us to talk about. We're talking about taking a knee in the national anthem, which this has nothing to do with this whatsoever. We're supposed to be talking about the racial stuff. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and we are stuck here at, at point one of should they or should they not kneel? How, we're talking about how they should protest 
not what they are protesting. So in this case, this is a huge failure, and I don't think people can get past this. I, it's almost like what? How? How else do they want to do it? Because if they, if they. Just said, you know, if they declare, hey, we're going to do a rally or whatever, would people even pay attention to that? No, they would, they would, they would dismiss it entirely. I think, or at least a, a high majority of people. This is a way to raise awareness, and like I say, they are, they're doing it peacefully. Who's who's been injured in doing this? If your if your pride as an American has has been shattered by the fact that people are taking a knee for the national anthem, I. I'm sorry that that offends you. I, I really am, but I would hope that you would understand why they are doing it. And they have, again, they've come out and said multiple times that this is not a means of disrespecting the military. And for those that say, well, I'm so offended by what the NFL did on Sunday, what the hell are they supposed to do when the leader of the free world, and I emphasize free because if it, if it is a free world truly, then they then these players have the freedom to to do this under the First Amendment rights of free speech. What the hell else are they supposed to do? Are you just going to say, oh, hey, we're just going to take it that the that the president called us, uh, you know, a son of a bitch? Are are you really supposed to take that? I don't understand why people are so upset at the players for doing this on Sunday. Now, I really don't. Because I mean, they, they, they have this connection with the flag and the military. The flag, I suppose it has something to do with the military, but because the flag is up there, and that's supposed to represent our country, basically. It's supposed to represent the country and what it's about. But then people think it's a military deal because the only time the flag really is involved in everyday life is if you're in a sporting event. There's not many other things you go to. I never hear the national anthem anywhere else besides the sporting event. Why we decided to to have a sporting event be this thing, I'm not quite sure. Um, are there any other examples that Rick, I mean, I went to a, to go to a concert? No. Outside of sports, I mean, there's not, at the, at the beginning of like a uh, a government meeting, city council, or county board meeting, they might be the Pledge of Allegiance or something real quick like that. Mm -hmm. But the National Anthem, is, sports is the only time we ever hear this National Anthem. And you listen to the song and ask if it was war and, and winning and the flag being there in the end and we win and look at us. So I, I find it interesting because I saw a comment, so I'm sure we saw many comments. One comment that was interesting. One guy posted an article and said, you know, I already feel about it, you feel about it, but I don't want to watch football on Sunday, and I don't want this uh, happening during the game, because I want the football just to be about the football, not about the drama, about everything else. Okay, he can feel that way. I disagree with that point. He can say that. Yep. Um, but he doesn't want the two to mix, which is interesting because but it already kind of sort of mixed because we knew, as I said, the national anthem before the game. So yep. I would like to ask that person, would you be in favor of no national anthem uh, before the game? Because obviously we don't want these two things to mix. And Ham Purity would say no. Uh, I would love to ask these people who disagree with us. Why is the national anthem played at sporting events and virtually nothing else? Yeah. And it, it's interesting because sports, 
athletes they say, oh, you know, stick to sports, you know, stick to sports. How come no one is telling Trump here to stick to politics? Why does why is why is no one's? I guess some people are saying stick to politics, you know, stay in your lane, that sort of jazz. But I mean, at, okay, well, and that's that's totally fair. It's what's interesting though is that athletes are in a position unlike almost anyone else in in society that they have a platform that they can emphasize change and be a you know a force for good they can raise awareness to stuff that you or I we can't you know we can maybe try and do something with this podcast but it's not going to get out necessarily to the masses unless someone listens to it and like, hey, these guys are good. And they start sharing it with more people. And it's, a, it's a ripple effect. But likely that's not going to happen. Athletes, though, have a, a national platform just like actors do and just like politicians do to affect change across the board. And so if there is a situation, if, if there's something going on that you need to raise awareness to – Athletes have that ability, and they should be allowed to do it, provided that they are doing it as respectfully as they possibly can. And I, I just, I find it interesting why people are like, oh, your job, your sole job is to entertain. Yes and no, because again, athletes are just—they're different. Athletes and actors have this ability. Why are we fan? Like, am I a fan of the local accountant down the street? You know, do I? I mean, no. I'm not, but we're fans of actors, we're fans of singers, we're fans of athletes, we're fans of teams, and as a fan, I mean, you, I think you just have to expect that some of these players are going to stand for stuff that you might not agree with, but they still have that, I mean, that's the reason why they have a following is because either you like them because they're on the team, or you might like them because of some of the stuff that they say. They, they shouldn't be limited to not doing that. They're on a national stage. You or I are not doing our jobs. Well, you, are, I guess, are doing a little bit more. I'm not, like, does uh, corn, does the, do they stream everything worldwide now? Yes. Okay, so you are on a, on a world platform. I am, I am not. Uh, I am not. So I don't have that natural. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm that, that's true. And... and Yes. Yep. So, so by doing this, yes, I have that national platform, but in my daily job, I don't. Athletes, actors, singers, they do. They have a following for a reason, and they do a lot of good in the community. And I don't see why people think that what these athletes are doing is so wrong. And now if you're going to just look at the whole aspect of you know these these black athletes that are doing this well look at all the other guys who joined them you know Aaron Rodgers he's linked arm in arm with him I don't know what Tom Brady did yesterday or on Sunday but I do know on he was locked arm in arm okay I do know that the entire Vikings staff was locked arm in arm together and the owners they were there uh we'll get to I'll get to that here in just a moment but I mean, then you have Tom Brady going on radio today and saying, "Hey, I on, on Monday and saying I I don't agree with what uh, what Trump said at all." And you know what? So you have these other people who are like, "Okay, yeah, this is getting a little crazy here now." I I guess 
I, for those people who are so upset about the flag, I guess I, I, I get it to a degree. You're, you're very patriotic. You want to respect the flag, respect the anthem, respect the country. But people can offer respect in many different ways. And if you don't feel as an American citizen like your rights are being respected right now, I, then why the why are you doing it? You know, why? What what good is it to put your hand over your heart if you know that you are suffering some injustice? When people say stick to sports, what they really mean is I disagree with what this person said. So quit quit saying the thing I don't like. That's what they mean. Yeah, because they disagree with it. And yep, absolutely. They never, say, they never say that to the to the person. They never say that to the person they agree with, to the actor, musician, or athlete they agree with. They never say stick to sports there. They say stick to sports to the person in which they disagree with. So anybody that says that, that's what they really mean. And I would have a hard time being a black person and uh, seeing what the country has done in the past to uh, black people and uh, saying, yeah, oh boy, USA, real good. I mean, as a couple of white guys, we have it pretty good. There's nothing we have to worry about. Um, if we were of color, uh, that'd be a different story. So I don't think white people, for whatever reason, I guess they can't wrap their heads around that, which, I, I mean, they've never lived as a black person. They've never lived as a minority. So I can understand that. But I guess for me, and probably for you, it doesn't take a whole hell of a lot to understand to understand where they're coming from, and I think these other people do. Yeah, I, they say, oh, you live, you live in America. What do you have to worry about? You can do whatever you want. And it's true for the most part. If you're a black person, I don't know if that's, that's entirely true. I, I don't think they can understand that, especially whether you're up here, whether there are no people of color. Uh, people just can't can't understand that. And, I guess. and do I, and do I know, for a matter of fact, what it's like to to be in the position that they are? Absolutely not. But I, I feel like I have some compassion for what they might be going through. And I think that's what I almost I think maybe that's what they want more is just some compassion. And again, compassion and understanding as to what's going on. Is everyone um, of color? Like, do they are they all lumped into this? No, because like just with every every race, every, you know, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, every group of player, there are some bad people across the board, but there is a lot of there are a lot of good people, and there's a lot of just abuse that's going on here that isn't being handled the way it should, and that's what these players are doing. They are using their platform, and if you if you are that upset. By the fact that people, that the players are doing this for the national anthem, a national anthem that's one and a half minutes long, at tops, maybe two during the Super Bowl. I just, for two minutes of the week, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? People are going to say it's disrespectful to do that, and if you think that that that's so, that's fine. I I really don't care. I don't I don't put my hand over my heart. They say stand up, put your hand over your heart. I stand up. I don't put my hand over my heart. And as you said, I stand there for a minute and a half. We get the song done, and then we get the game game playing. So yep. That's if you think that's a disrespect for me, so be it. But whatever. Um, so yep. That's one point. People, you know, if they say it's uh, disrespectful, I I just find it interesting that people are more upset about this than what they're actually protesting. People don't care that black guys get shot for no reason. 
but they goddamn sure care a whole hell of a lot about somebody not standing up for a song. That's amazing to me that you can care so much about one not give a damn about you. Yeah, I, and you know what? Throughout, you know, the players, I'm fine with them kneeling. I would prefer that they not sit, but I kind of get where you know where they're all coming from here. Would I do it? No. I, I'm going to stand for the national anthem, but do I understand why they're doing it? Yes. Am I offended by what they're doing? No, because I get that it's a freedom of speech. I was at the Vikings game on Sunday, and. When the national anthem came, I, I wasn't even looking around like my section, you know, with the fans because inevitably at every game there are fans who have hats on, who you know are maybe yelling stuff during the national anthem. How come no one's yelling about these guys, about them being disrespectful? How come no one is, you know, when they're when they're chanting or 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 doing anything? How about why does no one say that? When, when the Chiefs or the Bison, I brought this up several times before, how come no one thinks that when they do the home of the Bison or the home of the Chiefs instead of home of the Brave, how come that's not disrespectful to the national anthem and to the flag? Is it because you're standing and got your hand over your heart so you can say what you want at the end? If, if that's the case, then I, I do find that slightly hypocritical that you have a problem with these guys doing it again. They are not disrespecting the military. You may take it that way, and and if you disagree with how they're doing it, that's fine. But just understand what they're doing, and the the outpouring of response from all the owners, except for I mean we haven't heard anything as of Monday night from Jerry Jones, though he did take a knee along with the rest of the Cowboys uh, right before the national anthem. Uh, for Monday night's game against Arizona, uh, Paul, uh, uh, Jerry Richardson, the uh, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, he released a statement late on Monday. Uh, but but just all these owners, I'll I'll say it here. I I have been hard on the NFL for many you know, for over the last few years. I'm falling you know kind of away from it. Uh, I know you are as well, but. I, I got to tell you, just as a sports fan, as a as an NFL fan, still to a degree, I can't re- I can't remember being a t- time that I've been more proud to be an NFL fan or to just to see the NFL come together as a result of this. Owners, commissioner, players association, the players, everyone coming together after this because an assault on one because this is an absolute verbal attack a verbal assault on a bunch of players and that is unbecoming of someone in office to do that um and that's about as strong as i can do it on this podcast but it's when you are verbally assaulted and attacked like that to see everyone rally and join together it it's refreshing and it it just makes me feel really good about the nfl for at least a week and like I said, I'll, I'm going to be reading some of these statements from the owners but you have people condemning them like uh, the Giants owners John Mara and Steve Tisch uh, I know 49ers owner Jed York said something about that which is actually slightly ironic that Jed York comes out as one of the stronger opponents of this yet he's his team didn't re-sign Kaepernick this you know this season. So that that's that to me is a, a little little interesting 
in that front, but just the outpouring of support and then to see the owners link arm in arm together. The Wolfs did it on Sunday with the Vikings. I saw Arthur Blank do it with the Falcons. Uh, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars. I think Jeffrey Lurie did it with the Eagles. There, uh, uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, he did it. There were so many player or owners that joined with their teams, their players, their coaches, and said, "We have your back on this." And a unifying experience. Uh, Roger Goodell told Stephen. Uh, uh, Peter King in the Monday Morning Quarterback, how proud he was of the league for how they responded to this. And I got it. I'm right there with him. I am incredibly proud of how everyone kind of united against this attack. I, I can't express how um, how proud I am of that. I really can't. It was good to see. I agree with that. Another bit of irony is that Kaepernick was a distraction because of all of his stuff. And now everybody this week basically did what he did. That's a bunch of bullshit as far as the distraction. I find that so, so embarrassing. So embarrassing that Kaepernick can't get a job for doing what he did. And then everybody in the league did what he did last last week. Do, do, you, do you think he will get a job now as a result of this? Or at least another look? No. Okay. I don't think he'll ever play football again. I don't think he'll ever sign with the team again. Good to see what they did. Uh, two points, which I'm going to, I don't know, go on the other side here. Amazing that this is what it took for the NFL and the NFL owners to stand up, for them to be personally attacked, for their players to be held funding bitches. Yep. This is what it took for them to give a damn about what we have going on. It wasn't the million of things, millions of things that uh, 45, as you call them, yep. have said. None of this other stuff. Uh, his, his introductory press conference two years ago, announcing his candidacy, in which he said Mexico is not sending their best, they're sending their rapists and drug dealers. That wasn't enough. Uh, describing in a video from 10 years ago how he sexually assaulted a woman, that wasn't, that wasn't enough. And all of these other things in which he has done, the racist things he has done, that wasn't enough. But goddammit, you mentioned our players and all this, that was the tipping point. So I find that so goddamn ridiculous that now they're standing up. It's too late for me. Way too late. Too much stuff has been done for them all of a sudden to stand up and say, look at us, we don't like it. You had your chance. Uh, too late for me. Also with the owners, uh, many of them have contributed many monies to this campaign. Uh, uh, to, to be fair, many is only it's it's seven at least that we can. Well, that we know. That's, yeah. Houston Texans owner Rob McNair. Yep. He gained uh, almost half a million dollars. Uh, Trump, we got Woody Johnson from the Jets, he gave a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. You got Glenzer from Tampa Bay, fifty thousand dollars. Dan Snyder gave a hundred thousand uh, dollars. You have Robert Kraft, I believe he's the buddy. Uh, his his uh, group gave a million. Woody Johnson gave a million. Um, Dan Snyder gave a million. Glenzer from Tampa Bay gave a quarter of a million. Uh, Shot Khan, he was front and center, he gave a million. Bob McNair gave a million. Jerry Jones gave a million dollars. Jimmy Hasbro from the Browns gave three hundred thousand dollars. So those are one, two, three, four, I got nine, nine owners here. 
seven of them being about million dollars, another being three hundred thousand, another being a quarter of a million, so almost a third. A quarter, a quarter to a third of the owners gave money, many of them a million dollars to support this guy. Yep. I don't want to hear from Dan Crowley among them about a million dollars. I don't want to hear from Bob Kraft and his statements, Woody Johnson, oh. Snyder, Jerry Jones. And they gave a million dollars to this guy, uh, contributions to his inaugural committee. Yep. I don't want to hear any of that from any of those guys. I lost my support many, many months ago because of that. I, the only thing, I, and I agree with you on that front, it's like, well, you kind of know what you're, shouldn't you know what you're kind of donating to? And even Rex Ryan on ESPN Sunday NFL Countdown today said, or on, on, on Sunday said, I can't believe what, I mean, that this is the guy who I supported, you know, and he would say something like that. I, I, I don't understand. You can see them backtracking. I think they are really hurt, though. I, I really do. Robert Kraft, I think, is a is a good guy. He's he seems like he's you know really, um, it, he's invested in his players, in his team. He cares about them. Um, of course, when his wife died, uh, there's a story about how Trump was there for the Shiva. I mean, it was like a week long thing about you know grieving with with Robert with Robert Kraft. And I I feel like these guys feel like they've been betrayed, and maybe this is the turning point. Where they kind of say, okay, no, no more, no more of this here. I mean, the fact that when you can, when, when Trump says to the owners, I wish they would, you know, someone does this, I wish they would fire their ass. Say you're fired. You know, the owners just come down, and for the owners to rebuke him, I think is is an astounding um, amount of of. I don't. I don't think courage is the right word, but it, it just is like a defiance is is maybe the better word. Saying you know what? No, these guys are good people, and I think there was a fine line that owners were trying to tread because there's a you, you don't want to you know wake the masses up here and and really alienate your fan base. But when when your players have been called sobs, what are you supposed to? And so, I mean. To that point, it's like, well, of course they have to release something. But I, I do think now that the narrative is going to change in terms of how people, you know, like you said, the, these guys who donated money to the campaign, I think it is going to change how they interact or how they view him. And I, and I hope they're embarrassed. I really do. I hope any one of these people who donated is embarrassed by the comments. Rex Ryan looked a little distraught, and that's great. Because he needs to learn. Cause he he introduced Trump at one at one of the rallies in New York. I I I'm glad that they feel embarrassed and you know provoked enough to release statements for this. Uh, I mean that it, just in part from what Robert Kraft said. Again, I'm going to read these later on in the podcast. But he said, "I am deeply disappointed by the tone of the comments made by President." By the president on Friday, I'm so proud to be associated with so many players who make such tremendous contributions in positively impacting our communities. Uh, our players are intelligent, thoughtful, and care deeply about our community, and I support their right to peacefully affect social change and raise awareness in a manner that they feel is most impactful, unquote. There's a little more in there. kind of skipped the middle section of that. But that's – if you're going to come out and defy and just – Again, I'm proud that they that they came out to do it, 
and unite around them. I truly think there are some good owners in this league, owners that really care. Steven Ross is one of them. He has a, um, uh, in the, a like a charity that does a lot of work to, you know, to help some younger people or, you know, to, to just help advance their lives. Yep. I mean, it, Arthur Blank, he's a, he seems like a very good owner. I mean, we see... We saw that some of these, you know, that these teams and owners would donate to hurricane, you know, causes and, and relief and stuff like that, which is great. But I, again, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, where you donate here, you kind of, like, you lose, like, you should have seen this coming. But I do think there is going to be a change in how things go forward here between these, these owners and, uh, Trump, because you just had 30, uh, almost 32 billionaires just turn around and give Trump the proverbial middle finger and say, no, we're with our players on this. And that was great to see. That was good to see. You have, you have Jerry Jones, who did what he did on Monday night. And he'll get a lot of credit, and all these owners will get credit for this. Uh, Jerry Jones is accused of sexual assault in 2009 hotel. Uh, he was the same guy that signed Greg Hardy, and he was the same guy that there was, uh, you know, with this Ezekiel Elliott situation. So, yeah. Um, ben Roethlisberger came out today and said he wasn't really a fan of what Pittsburgh did. Uh, Mike Tomlin, big fan of Ben. Yeah. Roethlisberger said he felt he said he couldn't sleep last night for God's sakes. Okay. This is a guy that's been twice accused of sexually assaulting a woman, once in 2009, once in 2010. So, uh, Roethlisberger had a hard time sleeping that night. I would imagine uh, people that he allegedly sexual assaulted uh, had a hard time sleeping as well. So, he gets in on my sympathy either. Um, and again, it goes back to my point of it's amazing what people care about. They don't care about uh, the injustices to the, to the black community, they care about what you do. Uh, for the national anthem. They don't care about um, sexual assault and any of this. They care about your patriotism. So again, a lot of these guys lost me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, w- I would hope they, they did what they did yesterday, that there really wasn't much of a choice and everybody was on board. And uh, I just, and again, I, I sent out a tweet as you were talking there. It's uh, amazing that this is what took the NFL and the owners against Trump, not the hundreds of his other comments. Mm-hmm. This of all things, if we're ranking this on the list of things he's said in the past two years, if it's probably not high on the list, it's just another another log on the fire. But I think it also he, he crossed the line. There, there's no doubt about that a line was crossed in the comments uh, regarding this. Because again, it, it, it goes... Yes. Yep. Yep. We're going to sue you. And of course, his purses are as empty as a San Diego football stadium on a Monday. Well done. Because he doesn't back up any of his promises. See, he's, he's, he's a dog with absolutely no bite. It's all bark. He wouldn't, he could say anything. I'm going to do this. You've shown in your ability that you have no power to do anything. Empty promises. You can't get anything passed. Uh, you're, you're very poor at your position. He is horses. He is poor as what he does, as anybody is, in, in what they do anywhere. Yeah. So he's, he's, and he has done this in the past to many groups, to black people, to yeah. Mexican, uh, to, to Middle Eastern people, for no reason whatsoever. And I, I feel like the reason is 
He is just filling forms. He just doesn't, he cannot comprehend at 72 years old. He just does not have the comprehension to figure out simple things like this. Well, it's Fox News. Yeah, that's where he gets all his news from. Which is amazing. Which is amazing. You get your, your news from a source uh, that is not news. It's just uh, made up things for an audience, for, for a specific Or that, that, come, that should be like news that he should himself be knowing about and dealing like. Like they they should be getting the news from him, more than likely. Yeah, but he's so ill-informed, and he doesn't know right from wrong. It is amazing that we elected I, one of the worst people that you could possibly elect. Not many, not many folks could have been elected. At least the people that are in the position that he's put them in, at least they they know kind of what the hell is going on. They're not good at their jobs. Uh, they're not effective at doing anything. But at least they can probably figure out right from wrong. There's a lot of bad people that have come and gone from this uh, White House in the first nine months, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are just terrible, horrible people who have who have uh, views that, that should not align with yeah. what America is. People are fine with that. Um, but, but Trump, I just don't think he can understand uh, right from wrong. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's still, I mean, he can't use the tweets. He tweets. I would be stunned if he ever sent an email, knows how to use an email, uh, knows how to use the internet. How the hell can he be the president and not he, he, I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Okay, that he, he doesn't have that capability. We elected a man that doesn't have that capability. Again, the, the one thing that I'm going to say that kind of in, in all of this here is it did kind of unite uh again the entire football world and you know at least for you and i again the nfl is waning a little bit on us here with a lot of stuff that that they're doing you always always bring back north iowa i don't know where you're going I know. I well, it's Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner, and David Johnson. I mean, that's a, that's really, you know, uh, Dan. Is it is it uh, Dan Jacobson, the the head basketball coach there? So, uh, the the Northern Iowa Panthers here. At least for one, it it just you have some sympathy. And again, I'm just I I'm not trying to over exaggerate this, but I I did feel a great sense of pride by the reaction. To this con- condemning the uh, condemning these uh, the, this verbal attack, so I thought that was good. But wait, okay, okay. where you give them credit, you should give them credit, and I give them credit. Where were these guys when when Great Popovich was speaking out this summer? Where were they last yep. year when Steve Kerr was speaking out? Where were they at? I give those guys oh. a hell of a lot of credit. Yes. This was at the beginning of the thing. And they've come out since, and they've said the same stuff. The NBA. Where the hell were these owners? Where the hell these owners I, I, you know what? I agree with that point. I don't think there's, there's much I can disagree with because the NBA has been far more aggressive on the social uh, change front of this. There's no, there's nothing I can do to, to just, to discount that at all. And it, that's one of the things that I've really liked about what the NBA has done. Uh, in, in, you know, like what Popovich and Kerr have said, and in other coaches, like Stan Van Gundy. Kudos, kudos to the king. Kudos to him. Kudos to 
That leads me to the next point here, and I promise we won't we won't stay on this for the entire podcast. We will get to the college football, the NFL, and um, and baseball here. But that does lead. I mean, football wasn't uh, the only sport that Trump attacked over the weekend because he went after Steph Curry and the. And Golden State, because apparently Steph Curry was hesitant on coming to the White House, and he uh, so Trump said no, uh, rescinded. I'm not you know, your invitation. You can't come. And it was funny is that Curry had just said uh, like 20 minutes before he said, yeah, I'm not coming. So um, good good job uh, to. <laughs> Yeah, and and so King James, LeBron James had as a had a great tweet saying, "You bum!" At Steph Curry already said he ain't going, so therefore ain't no invite. Going to the White House was a great honor until you showed up. Now that's LeBron James, and he had a video about you know the reaction to the NFL players and everything. But I mean, the the the, the tone deafness that's going on right here, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors already essentially decided after they won the championship last year, yeah, we're not going. And so this announcement really doesn't come as a shock or a surprise at all. And for Steph Curry to say before the announcement came out, uh, hey, I'm not doing this. Now all of a sudden, you know, Trump tweets it and everyone says, well, look at Trump saying, hey, no, you know, no Steph Curry, you're, you're hesitant in going. Good for you to, to revoke that if, if Curry's hesitant. Curry's like, no, I wasn't going anyway. So, <laughs> it, this, it, it befuddles me, just, uh, what is going through people's minds that they're like, oh yeah, good for you, Trump, and like, no, Curry, like, hey, I, I did this long ago, and LeBron James, with possibly the tweet of the weekend, uh, with regards to that, it, it's great. It is great. Uh, people are going to support this, this guy no matter what he does. Yes. Sports world. Sports. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yep, yep. And the uh, yep, the the white supremacist remarks. Yep. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares about it now. That was a big thing a week or two ago. Yep. And here we are a week or two later. Looks like she had a point then. Looks like she probably her point is even uh, better now a week later. And um, amazing how that happens. Yep. Um, she said that people got an uproar. And um, I think the guy she said it about maybe proved her points a week later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be surprised if he comes out and criticizes a white player. He's criticized Kaepernick. He's criticized Steph Curry. Really hasn't gone after uh, Steve Kerr. He's not going after Tom Brady because Tom Brady's a friend. No, not going after him. Not going after uh, after Popovich. Popovich has been made the best points out of anybody and has spoken louder than anybody. Yeah, go after that. So, uh, maybe uh, Janelle Hill was right when she said the president. Yeah. Some racist, uh, racial undertones right there. 
And before you wrap it up, uh, there was a baseball player that did the same thing. Yes, a, uh, Oakland A's rookie catcher. Bruce Maxwell, he did it. And um, nothing, it wasn't a big deal whatsoever. Nobody, it happened. People noticed it, wrote about him for a little bit. And now he was the only one to do it. Can't imagine anybody else would do it. Now, now we know if he's doing it again. And it's uh, another curious case of the NFL can do it. Big deal. Baseball doesn't really matter. And uh, Tony Clark, the MLB uh, Players Association uh, president, I believe, or he's, he's with the MLB front office, and, and he said that they uh, Maxwell has his support, and any other player that would choose to do this, he, they have their support. So that's great to see. But yeah, this was a if you again you don't like it when sports and politics cross. But this was a weekend where there's no way that you can get through a discussion anywhere because you could turn it on, on you know, Mike and Mike, Dan Patrick, uh, pardon the interruption, anything over this weekend. It, there, it led all of the pregame shows on Sunday. So it, it, there's no way that you could not avoid this discussion. You don't want sports and politics to mix and maybe... And help promote the change and advocate for it and try and come up to, a, you know, resolve the issues that these that these people, that these players are trying to bring thanks to their to their national platform. So I'll be I'll be watching the USFL football league. It is uh, his New Jersey team. Oh, that's, that's well, I hope you have a time machine to go back there and watch that so again i know it was a long segment here but it, it is a i hope you i hope the, the listening audience out there looks at what we're talking about here i mean we're trying to do this as respectfully as, as possible it's it's very difficult though because uh, both you and i travis uh, we agree on what's going on here and why why it's happening uh, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a very difficult subject to, to breach. So we appreciate you, you listening through this, and hopefully you come away with a, a hopefully a different perspective. If you don't, that's fine. Just a greater understanding. You don't. We don't need you to change your mind on on how you feel about it. But just understand that the, it, it, it's happening for a reason, and it's, um, and hopefully that reason does does make a little more sense now. But on to the... Wait, wait, one yeah. point, we yep. found that very... I mean, nobody's going to change their mind on this. I don't think there's going to be any progress made either way. Uh, the same things are going to happen that people don't like. So I have found that it's very difficult now to people to inform themselves about what, what is real and what is fake, and people, similar to the president, cannot distinguish between the two. They cannot distinguish what is real and what is fake, and this would take effort. This takes effort on their part. They just seek out whatever information they see that supports their claims. They don't look at the other side, and they just look at it blindly and say, well, this is what I read. This must be true. That's not always the case. Uh, so it's very sad. It takes a little bit of work. Maybe got to look at some stuff. Uh, but people have seen, uh, seen willing to do that. So they're going to be filling for the egg. Yeah. So we move on here. Uh, pro or college? Let's let's just go to the, since we're on the topic of pro football here. Uh, Vikings. I you know when it was announced that Sam Bradford was out in case Keenum started or was starting, I was one of I think I got to be just about any every other Viking fan out there that expected the Vikings to lose 
on Sunday. But I kept an eye on the injury report. And when I saw that Quan Alexander is out, the, the Buccaneers linebacker, and Gerald McCoy is questionable, and Brent Grimes is doubtful, there was a little bit of um, – a- I, I had a little bit more hope because I thought, okay, maybe Dalvin Cook's going to be able to to bust a few runs open here. And then when McCoy was announced that he was playing, it's like, okay, this is not great. But uh, Case Keenum and the deep ball, holy cow. Um, Vikings giving us hashtag false hope yet again but because that was as good of a performance that I can ever remember seeing from the, the Vikings offense especially given a backup quarterback in there. They almost had 500 yards of offense, uh, nearly gave the game away. Uh, the Buccaneers had momentum there, and then Jameis Winston decided to throw one of the worst interceptions I think I've ever seen a quarterback throw to Anderson Deho there in the fourth quarter. Vikings win 34-17, uh, but, but Case Keenum is the story here. And if you want to throw in Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, you can because these two wide receivers ate up the Buccaneers secondary all day. I didn't jump, I've never done before when I watched this game. You, you jumped for joy. Uh, you know, I watched the Twins finish that game. Nice. I didn't hear the Vikings and I watched that. I don't know, so I need to do So I knew the score, I knew they were probably going to win there. Yeah. I remember a couple touchdowns, but that's how this interest in was in. The game was going on. The Twins were playing terrible Detroit. I did not care about the Vikings whatsoever. And I finally. Uh, <laughs> Watch the game, I took the hour and you kind of scored through all the BS and watch them. They played well. Offense looked good. And the defense was bad with their injuries. Yep. Receivers, receivers are open. So, the, the, the first throw to Thielen was, was a very good throw. Yes. That was, that was, that was on point. But Dave dropped uh, a long one on that would have been nice to catch. Yeah, that he was that was tough though because he got turned around multiple times. That ball needed to be on the inside versus the outside and make it. I mean, it didn't need to be an over the shoulder catch. Uh, yeah, put it, put it probably where you want to put it. Just um, could could come up with it there. Yeah, offense looked good. Dylan and Dinks were great. I mean, I mean they were just so wide open. Just so damn wide open on some of these on some of these passes down the field. And Dinks uh, had that great touchdown catch. Uh, right back, running back did well. Yeah. You can do a little uh, catching the ball, so I just wanted to have the Vikings that have had that in a long time. So the Indians are looking like a pretty good pitch. And, um, yeah, like I said last week, I'm just so tired of, hey, hey, we're right now, we're not so great. Oh, we're right again. It's just, like, people. And I know you have your columns to write and, and you got to fill your papers and all that, but it's so good to have tirades to me. Oh, Chase Keenum, goddamn, I mean, last week, what was the last week?
I never picked Detroit to beat the Vikings. Can't imagine that's change anytime soon. They had they look like the pretty gap down for the game, Detroit. Yep. No, I'm sure someone will pick them to beat the Vikings. No. They, 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 they're, they're, they're very well made, but I'm sure someone not going to be right. So. No, I I agree with you. And again, I after week one, what what were we talking about right after that Saints win? Like, oh man, here we go again. And then you sent me, you know, when Bradford went down, it's like they they did it again. They did it again to you, stacking. Um, but but I I will say that the schedule looks very good for the Vikings here. They, they get Detroit this week. Now Chicago's looked much better through three games than I thought they would. Uh, they somehow beat the Steelers because uh, the Steelers apparently are just disinterested in football right now. Uh, how you? Can I please give Mike Lemon's stat line from this game? Yes, yes, please, by all means. Uh, yeah, Barry. What do you have? 101 yards. Uh, mm-hmm. is that it? Yeah, 101 yards. Mike Glennon in a game that went to overtime for Christ's sake. 23-17 Bears win. He was 15 of 22 for 101 yards. Touchdown and interception. Sacked twice. He had three rushes for four yards. I haven't delved into. I, I gotta look and see how many quarterbacks ever have thrown for thrown the ball at least 15 or 20 times, had like under 110 yards, and won the game. I can't imagine that it's happened very often. Uh, Pittsburgh, boy, what a disappointment. What a... Yeah. That's what a... Skipple off that is. That had one of the crazier sequences, though, uh, if you saw it. Uh, blocked field goal at the end of the first half, and it goes right to the Bears. And the Bears guy's got an easy touchdown. It's 14-7 at this point. And he just loafs there about the 10. And great job by the Steelers. Uh, I can't remember who it was to, to come back, knock the ball out of the hands, and then the, the kicker just batted it out of the end zone. And because that's like a penalty, apparently, they the Bears got one untimed down and they kicked a field goal, so it was 17-7. But, you know, just hustle. It was a penalty, I believe, yes. I thought I don't know why it wasn't like a safety or anything, but apparently it was a penalty. Yeah. Have discovered up in the end zone where they called the safety? Yes, I believe so, yep. They win the game then. They win 17-16. Most, most likely. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the craziness in the Lions-Falcons game where Detroit uh, Stafford throws a pass to Golden Tate. Uh, it's third down with 12 seconds left. By the time he catches it, there's eight seconds on the clock. They ruled it a touchdown on the field. They reviewed it. And it was evident that Tate's knee was down before the ball crossed the line, and he was touched. And due to NFL rules, it was a, the Lions had no timeout, so it was an automatic 10-second runoff. They didn't get a chance to have a fourth uh, you know, to run a play on fourth down, and the Lions lose. Uh, this I don't know if this rule needs to be changed or not because if Golden Tate was brought down, do you get a playoff there in eight seconds? Potentially, yes. Uh, I guess the Lions have done it before, but it, it would be a little difficult to do, I would imagine, by the time they get the ball placed down. And, you know, that would have been tough. Would, would Stafford have sneaked it in? Possibly. But uh, 
Either way, it, it, it sucks because if you give them an untimed down and they they score, then the Falcons get screwed in all of this. So it, that's a that that ending was really bizarre. The way the rule is, people complain about it, tough shit. That's the way the rule is. If you want to change, change the rule, as we've seen with uh, uh, when the Vikings were knocked out of the playoffs for the Cardinals, they changed that rule. And now uh, when the Vikings play the Saints, when overtime, Vikings never got the ball, they changed that rule. So we all know about getting your ass kicked at the end and rules all of a sudden changing because, goddamn, this, the game should end like this, but you know what? Fucking get the tough shit destroyed. Um, you suck. I just said, first and goal from the one you try and run it once and if you don't get it then you can spike it or get a you know get a playoff and throw it i, I mean i don't i just don't understand this that was that was bizarre and we have a variety of things you could have done a variety of things you could have done uh what are we week three yep the are the only undefeated teams uh, you remember the the team who was undefeated last last year and it, it at five and all because Minnesota Vikings. Um, what team do you believe has a better chance of making it to the Super Bowl this year, the Chiefs or the Falcons? I think the Packers because it's going to be at the Legend Stadium. Yep. Uh, Falcons right now would be my pick to to get there. Falcons would be my pick to probably win because people for whatever reason seem to forget that they absolutely trashed New England for three quarters. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they killed Seattle, they killed Green Bay, and they killed New England for 75% of the game. That would have been, that would have been a, an amazing playoff run for them if they could have completed that. But because they lost, nobody cares, and nobody remembers. Interestingly enough, um... The Packers, I get they had guys out with injury. You know, Mike Daniels, defensive tackle. They had uh, the offensive tackle out. And Randall Cobb, their wide receivers out. Packers could be 0-3. It, it's not a, it is not a stretch uh, for me to say that this team very well could be 0-3. Because they have not looked good. I, the Bengals let that game go last. I, I just It ticks me off to no end. Three, three weeks in, like who who can go to Atlanta and beat them? Seattle can't. Green Bay has proven they can't. Dallas, I mean, no, nobody can go into Atlanta and beat them. No. At the at the curve. So that's why I think they're. You know who can? The Vikings. The V
They'll get their chance in the city. And again, 20 points. Defense. Don't give up 20 points. And they gave up 17. I mean, the offense was a little outstanding. So defense won't fall there. But uh, I think the Chiefs to, to go to the uh, NFC title game or the AFC title game is Kareem Hunt and Dalvin Cook right now, one, two, in terms of NFL Offensive Rookies of the Year. I mean, Kareem Hunt has this by a country mile right now, but Dalvin's right back there uh, in terms of the yards rushing and receiving now that he's got. Um, he's got a chance, but uh, right now it's Kareem Hunt's to lose. Uh, college football? Uh, sorry? Obviously, week three, let's, let's why I talked the goddamn MVP race here. Right. Uh, Bill Rogers and, and Matt Ryan and, and Brady, your usual guys, will be up there. Right now, I mean, Kareem Hunt making, uh, making a strong case. If he can keep this up, um, and, and the Chiefs can go like 13 and 3 and get a 1 over 2 seed, I would imagine Kareem Hunt has a pretty good chance to be MVP for that. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. And how about Alex Smith? I mean, he should definitely be in the discussion as well. Um, I mean, he, he's he's played phenomenal. A guy who you know is Pat Pat Mahomes. That was uh, that was it. I mean, he was going to replace him, and now all of a sudden, uh, Alex Smith probably is not going to be in Kansas City next year. But uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, Certainly interesting here. Uh, call, yeah. I don't mean, the upset. I mean, the upsets were freaking crazy. Jets winning, Bears winning, that's stupid. Um, Antonio Brown leading the NFL in receiving yards, and I'm feeling a second, so Tom Diggs is third. I mean, Diggs and Thielen, I, if you want a more unlikely duo that is just becoming superstars before your very eyes, uh, look no further than them. And I, I say this as unbiasedly as possible, but Diggs, when he when he's on, he's great. And Thielen just does everything well. He had a bullshit holding penalty called against him on Sunday, but I mean, he's he's spot on with just about everything he does. Most unlikely, uh, Gary, <laughs> All right, we we digress. Um, how about our poor Vanderbilt squad? Uh, it's not good. Um, it, did you see the total yardage in this game? Uh, by the way, we're switching to college football now, in case you couldn't tell. Uh, did you see the total yard disparity in this game? No, here's the total: 677 for Alabama, 78 for Vanderbilt. Not great. Not going to win a lot of games. And that was 600 more yards. I'm sure Tennessee could probably win a game that way. But uh, Vanderbilt, your defense. So you had to hold them, uh, hold them under 59, and you had to score at least once. Uh, yeah, Alabama. That was that was impressive. They got the JV out there in the second half. That was as I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing. It just what, what, what Baylor did against Oklahoma and how Texas played USC. I mean. You know, we're like, all right, Vanderbilt to Alabama, they got a good defense, they can hold Alabama in the 20s, maybe something goes their way. Um, look at Iowa and Penn State. Alabama said, no, we're not having any of this shit. We're going to beat the hell out of you. That was a beat down of 
First downs for 38-3 to in favor of Alabama. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I like the direction that Vanderbilt's going. I think Coach Mason's doing an incredible job down there, and I do think Vanderbilt's got some good stuff going on there. But the, the national spotlight – it's just not – they just aren't quite ready for it yet, or at least they just aren't quite ready to do it against Vanderbilt – or against Alabama's of the world. Three and out, three and out, three and out. Vanderbilt only had two turnovers, so Pollock had a bunch of turnovers. They just couldn't get anything going. They had the ball for 17 minutes. 17 minutes. Uh, this was a punch fest. Uh, they couldn't. They could barely gain yards. How many plays did they have? They had seventy some yards, seventy eight yards. They had to run at least forty plays. Price State, and they opened up <laughs> two yards of play. They had sixteen carries. They had twenty two passes. Thirty eight. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Give them two yards of play. Oh my heavens! Yeah, it was. It was something. Uh, Clemson struggled with Boston College for three quarters. They turned it on. Uh, they went 34 to seven. Oklahoma, as you mentioned, they struggled with Baylor, but they ultimately won 49-41. USC, they I watched a lot of this game against Cal. They struggled, but uh, they ended up pulling out a win. That was good to see. Uh, but the the two the two most stunning uh, outcomes of the day: Florida State loses to North Carolina State. Not a huge surprise to me uh, because just with the lack of quarterback, you know, you lose the Andre Francois. Florida State. They're kind of done for now, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, actually, three games that really caught my eye. TCU takes down uh, Charlie and my Oklahoma State squad. Mason Rudolph, not great. That defense played well. Uh, I don't know what Oklahoma State was doing. I thought they would be ready for this, but uh, they did have a chance late, and then TCU broke away with a, a late touchdown run to kind of seal the deal. But uh, this was one impressive performance by the Horned Frogs. Yeah, Oklahoma State the old Clemson thing of they're, they're letting you down. It's like, all right, everybody's, you know, Oklahoma State, this is it. And here it is. I mean, TC, they look, they put up a bunch of points. That's what I give them that much. And Oklahoma State looked like nobody could, nobody could stop that offense. But, uh, they did this week. They had a couple interceptions, which were maybe uh, Rudolph almost here for 400 yards again. But uh, especially that first half, that offense was not rolling. And uh, all of a sudden, TC, they look like a team. Now, they look like a team that's going to uh, threaten Oklahoma. And both of the TCU and Oklahoma, uh, there's a possibility they can both be 9 and 0. On November 11th, so that could be a big one. I, I still think Oklahoma State is not out of the college football playoff discussion by any stretch because all you have to do, you, you're going to have to beat Oklahoma and then you beat TCU in a, well, potentially, if not, I mean, maybe they'll play TCU in the Big 12 championship game. So if not, you're going to play Oklahoma. So you, you do have a chance in there, but yeah, TCU definitely in the discussion here. Um, can I give you a scenario? Yes, please. Same thing as the Big Ten last year with Ohio State, Penn State, and Ohio State. So you would say uh, TCU beats Oklahoma. Mm. And let's say Oklahoma State beats, so uh, let's see how that works. Oklahoma beats TCU. Yep. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State beats the Sooners. All of them would have one loss. They would all beat each other. Tiebreakers, the tiebreakers leave Oklahoma State out. Ooh. Last year, last year that was good enough to get Ohio State in the playoff. 
but because that, that because their name's Ohio State, that's the other OSU. This OSU, uh, I don't see them getting in over uh, a TCU or uh, Oklahoma. But what did what did who did TCU play in the non-conference? I'm, I'm, I I get that. I, I mean, I get that Pittsburgh's not that good this year, but but Oklahoma State went on the road twice. They went to South Alabama. I, I know that's a that's not a good squad, but they did do that. They did go on the road to beat Pitt, and they beat Tulsa in, in the non conference. Like their non conference, while not great, it's probably better than anything that uh, that that than TCU's. So I mean, Oh, okay. Well, well yeah, okay. You know, I mean, they might be a, I mean, again, they might be a five or six win team Arkansas all right, and then they lost a hell of a game against a and Yes, they probably. did. Well, I mean, that was one of the two or three best games I saw. Yep. Uh, by the way, I'm taking Arkansas in the, in the pick'em this week. Not a good week. I don't know why I took the Chanticleer to Coastal Carolina. That was a, that was a mistake, and I thought I had the number one pick all locked up, and now Charlie somehow gets it because of, Oregon losing to Arizona State, so that that sucks. It really does, because he's going to take Pittsburgh over Rice, and I'm going to be pissed. Uh, but that aside, uh, Florida they keep the win streak over Kentucky. They beat Kentucky 28-27. This was a dandy of a game. Uh, Florida coming back. They were down in this one. Uh, Gator showed me a lot in there. Kentucky showed me a lot too, but just didn't have enough to beat Florida, and that that sucks for Mark Stoops. Is it Mark Stoops? Or is it Mike? It's one of the stoops. It does suck. Uh, this is like a twin, the Yankees situation. It's so difficult. It's so difficult for the one team to beat the other. They haven't done it in 30 years. They had them. They were up two scores late. They had it. They couldn't stop them there at the end. Uh, they were ready for a field goal. They got in position for a field goal. There was a holding call. They would have had like a... 40-some, 47-yard field goal, I want to say. It would have been a lengthy one, but at least you got a chance. And, goddamn it, Kentucky pissed it down the way again. Really hope they were going to win. This was the, this was the, uh, it was like a, photo was like a point-and-a-half favorite was all. Yep. And once you know it, uh, it's a one-point game. This was the week of, of the unranked teams hosting the ranked teams, and we were looking for an upset. And uh, TCU ended up being the upset, and we almost had, you know, Baylor almost had one, and uh, I'm sure we're going here next with goddamn Iowa. Yes. Goddamn it, Iowa. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah. To hell with you, Iowa. To hell with you. Uh, you will not see, uh, we're only four weeks in, but I defy you to, we may not see another performance like we saw in Iowa City Saturday night from uh, Penn State running back Saquon Barkley, who was the sole reason why Penn State won this game. He was their offense. 336 all-purpose yards. Uh, he had so many carries. He caught it so well. And he just he can jump over anyone, maintain his balance, and keep running. It, the, the kid is absolutely sensational. Iowa almost had them. They, they, they definitely had Penn State on the ropes. They had the lead. And all of a sudden, I mean, here you go. There's Penn State. Trace McSorley hasn't done anything all night. Leads this final drive. He ran for a good uh, play. And then on the final play, of the or ran for a first down on the, on the final drive. And then on the final play, it's just a beautiful pass 
over the fingertips of a, of a linebacker and into the hands of his wide receiver. Penn State wins 21-19. I was stoked. Sorry, Coob. I, I did say suck it, Iowa, I think. Uh, but that aside, I mean, I was just happy because I, I liked Penn State's chances at the beginning of this year. And being a Minnesota fan, I, I hate Iowa uh, and Wisconsin. So uh, this game, though, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Penn State, I, I don't really – they struggled inside the red zone. They couldn't get anything going for the longest time. And Iowa got lucky with a 70-yard completion, you know, for a touchdown to help cut the lead to 15-13. So, I mean, it is what it is, but, you know, Penn State didn't play their best yet. They came out with a win, and we know that Iowa has been able to take down an, uh, a highly ranked team before. They did it to Michigan. Was that last year? So this was not a an easy game by any stretch, but the, the story of this is Saquon Barkley without question. He's very good. He should probably be the first running back taken in the draft. He should be a top ten pick. He's, he's pretty good. He's my Heisman Trophy leader right now. Good combination of steam power. And uh, he had some probably right, right now. I watched the majority of this game. I was interested in it. Iowa's offense is terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't see Iowa play Florida. <laughs> Didn't we see that a couple years ago in a bowl game? That was uh, not a treat. I think Florida romped them. Honestly, Alabama's defense play Iowa. <clears throat> Iowa goes three and out. They punt to Florida. And then Florida gets to play Alabama's defense. That's what I want to see. This was a good finish, a great comeback from Iowa. Uh, again, their offense was terrible. Uh, a timely turnover got the ball right back. Uh, Penn State, they had one touchdown. Uh, when, when the clock was at zero, they had one touchdown. Then they had another touchdown after the clock went to zero. So they're lucky as hell. I don't like Penn State, as you know. Uh, I'm not a fan of coach after the shit he pulled the other week with his ice and kicker up by uh, eight touchdowns. So I don't like him. I don't like their team. Uh, Saquon Barkley, very good player. Uh, Trace McSorley, uh, I guess, can get it done there when they need him. But um, I was hoping this would be the game in which Penn State would trip up. But uh, it isn't, so I guess we'll go on eight Penn State. Uh, did you watch any of uh, game day from New York City, Times Square? I did not see any of this. Okay. Uh, it, it, was, it went pretty well. They had a lot of, you know, like Fordham and Wagner and Rutgers. Poor Rutgers. I mean, they, they almost beat Nebraska, yet they left the cheerleaders and the mascots at Times Square in New York. But Michael Keegan Key uh, from Key and Peel, maybe you've seen that show or heard of it on Comedy Central. He was the guest picker. And by golly, if there's a doppelganger out there that looks like James Franklin, it's Michael Keegan Key. Uh, he, yeah, he was something else. He he, he did the, you know, he, he looked spot on like James Franklin. Um, you know, Penn State and Michigan coming up here in a few weeks. Both teams should be undefeated at that time. But speaking of undefeated, next week, college game day in Blacksburg. Enter Sandman, my Hokies, and Clemson. I think I took Virginia Tech at the beginning of this year to beat Clemson. And by golly, I'm going to go with it. I don't know why, but I'm going to go with Virginia Tech to take down Clemson. I'm sorry. If Clemson wins, I'm okay with that. But give me Virginia Tech. This is going to be a dandy of a game. 
they've showed you plenty throughout this this year. They beat uh, West Virginia. They came back to beat East Carolina. They thumped. Yeah, great, great win, yeah. <laughs> they, East Carolina <laughs> Hey, West Virginia, give give us some credit. Give give them some credit for beating uh, the likes of uh, West Virginia. Good, yeah, man. Good, good win, West Virginia's probably going to be like an eight-win eight game. Good win for them, but uh, they, they need to win this game. They need to win this game uh, to, be, to be in that uh, playoff conversation. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's on the road. Clemson, I mean, if Clemson can, Clemson can run the table, they're going to be Auburn. They can be Virginia Tech once or twice. It'd be, it'd be a big little deal for them. Um, very Charles Louisville, so... Good little start for Clemson. Uh, they've done more than any other team. Mm -hmm. uh, yep, definitely. Oklahoma's done well, but that Baylor, that Baylor game had some Oh man, not, not, not a whole lot on the schedule, but uh, that seems like the obvious game. Uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia. Georgia's at seven. That seems a little high. Is Georgia the seventh best team? I'm not so sure about that. So uh, please, uh, Tennessee and Illinois against UMass. I mean, you beat them by what three points? That's pretty good. Hey, you want to know why they only won by four? Because the Schwam, Chris Berman himself, was an assistant coach for UMass. I, I don't get that, but uh, that's that's not that that's not for me to decide. How about USC at Washington State Friday night? That's that's got a lot of intrigue. Uh, Minnesota Maryland doesn't have anything because Maryland got their asses kicked by Central Florida. Uh boy, what do we got here? Yeah. Oh boy, can I interest you? Six o'clock Eastern, five Central, Akron at Bowling Green, the one and three Zips at the zero and four uh, Fighting Falcons or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, I was excited. Probably more excited. I was more excited than you last week for the schedule, and um, a lot of these teams lasted a half. Uh, I produced one, two posts, mm -hmm. three quarters. You didn't get it for three quarters, Purdue. Uh, again, the Michigan defense too good. Uh, of course, we had a quarterback, Wilton Spade broke his neck or something. So, whenever he gets back, he should be the backup. They were much better with the corn out there. Uh, Purdue had two guys uh, being thrown out of the game because of targeting penalties. Unfortunate break for them. They needed, uh, they needed a turnover or some big play. They needed to uh, have this game be in the teens. And, uh, again, you know, 28 to 10. So Purdue uh, continues on their way. Uh, yeah, this, this week looks bad. I mean, it's another bad week. Uh, Texas Tech, Coastal Oklahoma State. Texas Tech is 3 0. Uh, they beat Houston. Uh, decent win at Houston. But uh, the rest of the schedule, not looking so hot. No. Um... Duke beat Carolina. Duke is 4-0. They host Miami on Friday night. To Duke, who's on Duke here? Let's get on Duke. Nope, nope, not going to get on Duke. You can... I get, I mean, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. Duke is 4-0. Uh, if, if they beat this game, they're at Virginia. Uh, put them at 6-0. They host Florida. I mean, Florida State's not good right now. I mean, Duke. Who's to say Duke doesn't roll into Blacksburg uh, 2-0 at the end of October? Who's to say? I do. Uh... <laughs> No, no, no! I'm not shaving my head or anything, and I'm not naming the the. the what do you want? The, 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 you want my my child to be named my unborn child? Do you want him to be named what? Like Noah Syndergaard, or what are you looking for here? Michael Jordan? Uh, 
Oh, Shushevsky, okay. I'll spell it just like it is. What do you want here? What do you want here? I've got Miami, I've got Duke here. Well, I thought, well, maybe I ought to win four or five games. Yeah. They have, they have to beat Miami at home on Friday night and win all the refs like to screw that game up. They got to win, they got to win at Virginia. That's not easy. Virginia showed me a lot against Boise State, crushing them wow. on the Broncos on the road. Then you get, uh, uh. They have to beat Florida State at home, and they have to beat Pitt. It does not look good at home. They have three home games. One mm. against Miami, one against Florida State. Eight and all. Mm. Into Blacksburg. Uh, what, what, what do we got? That, that's, that's very intriguing. I am looking at this here. Um... I don't think it's going to happen. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I don't know what you want from me. I don't know if i got to give anything up here. No. No. Yeah. Listen. They are, it's, it's very unlikely they will be 8-0. Possible. But unlikely. If they are 8-0 and they play Virginia Tech, you pay my fees for the... Uh, stack and bracket challenge and for the fantasy league for the next year. So one entry into the stack and bracket challenge, one entry into the fantasy football a whole ten twenty bucks. You pay that for it. Okay. Deal. Deal. Okay. I'll figure out Well that way like then why the hell does this happen? I mean something's gotta Well I mean what 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 do I get here? I mean I it's there's not yeah, there's not a lot there. I'm gonna figure something out. It'll be it'll be minor compared to what uh, to what this is, but um, we'll, we'll figure something out here. But I, I do like that. That's that's intriguing because really, not a lot. Not a lot no, I'm no, no, it's not. And I mean, they have a gimme win against Pitt, so it's really just that any one of those three games here. That's hmm, hmm, mm, that's interesting. Hmm, mm, get on board, little children. Get on board. Um, so there we go. Yeah, it looks like uh, there's your week of college football here. But, hey, starting next week, we get to watch the Twins lose to the Yankees in the playoffs. That is going to be great. Uh, the Twins, the magic number is, what, three entering Monday night? Uh, this is, I mean, uh, the, the Twins, they got swept by the Yankees, but then they did what they needed to and swept the Tigers. Uh, I believe I called this here at the beginning of the week. Uh, at least I called that they would sweep the Tigers. I was hoping they would take one of three from the Yankees. But I have to imagine that they are setting their... Um, uh, they, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was just watching this uh, beautiful throw by Dak Prescott. But uh, I have to imagine here that they are going to set up their pitching rotation so that... Uh, Urban Santana will be the starting pitcher for Monday's game against. Is it well? Would it would it be Monday or would it be Tuesday? Tuesday. It will be Tuesday. Tuesday. What for Tuesday's game against New York? Is that going to happen? Yes, Urban Santana has one more start left. He pitches Thursday at Cleveland, so he would be on his normal four days rest. So he would be uh, he is in line and ready to go, and uh, he of course is. By far the Twins' best pitcher. Um, yeah, good sweep for them. Detroit, the worst team right now, currently constructed. Uh, Angels lost 
six in a row. They got swept by Cleveland, and they lost two or three of Houston. They played the two best teams in the American League. They lost five or six. So, again, look at you. Have it. Look at the schedule. Look who they played. Look who the Twins played. What did I say the last couple of weeks? Show me how they do against the Detroit. I'll tell you if they're in the playoffs. They swept their ass. They fucked in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, the Angels on Monday night look like they're going to lose to the White Sox here. Down the two. It's down the two. Let's get it going. Well, that's what we got. We got Texas. Maybe Texas in the mix. Yeah, Texas is right now losing to the Astros. Um, wow, yeah. Magic number would be down to two. So it is possible, not likely, that the Twins beat Cleveland in any of these three games. But uh, if the Twins win Tuesday night, then the Angels lose. Uh, we're done, folks. We're done. Is uh, so, which is unfortunate to a degree that I mean, it was looking like this final AL wild card spot was going to come down to the final wire here. Doesn't look like we're going to have that here this weekend. Any races that were really what? Nationally, I'm all over. The National League here. This was the race that wasn't a race, and now all of a sudden it is. And um, Colorado, no, that's true. Hang on. Yep. Trying to give it up, so hard trying to give it up. Uh, they did not have an easy schedule. They got Stanton and the Marlins at home, and they finished with the Dodgers. That is not not ideal. Uh, meanwhile, the Brewers are two back. Cardinals are two and a half back. Uh, may I say, Brewers Cubs four game series last week. My pick for series of the year thus far. Yeah, this was this was a great yeah three games and then uh, extra innings. Amazing, some walk off home runs. Uh, a walk off home run for for Milwaukee, which they desperately needed. Milwaukee needed needed a couple of those games. Only got one of the four, so that hurts. Uh, Cubs came back late in a couple of them. Uh, Joe Madden didn't, didn't like how he used Wade Davis in the bullpen um, in one of these games. But, but the Milwaukee, they've got the Reds. That's doable. And they finish against St. Louis. So the Reds, St. Louis, those are the two teams right there. Uh, I think this is coming down to, to the end here. I don't I mean, the Rockies are limping it to the line. And uh, Milwaukee, um, probably got to go five and one. You got to sweep, uh, sweep Cincinnati, beat to St. Louis two out of three. Uh, Cardinals, they've got the Cubs, so that's that's tough. And uh, currently, see, I mean, they, I mean, they got to win. They got to probably win five of these games. The uh, Cardinals lose to the Cubs on Monday, so they're uh, they're still going to be two out. Uh, Cubs. The Cardinals are two and a half out. Milwaukee's only a game and a half back. So I think uh, Milwaukee and in Colorado is going to come down to it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And if Colorado does miss the playoffs, it will. I, I want them in the playoffs, but it will vindicate me to a degree because I said that they would be the first team out of the playoff, if you recall back 17 months ago when uh, when the yeah, season began. So, uh, but I would like to see them in. But yeah, and I feel so bad for the Brewers because I thought they were going to beat the Cubs both what Thursday and Friday, and it just didn't happen. If you, they win three or four, that that changes the NL Central 
rapidly, yes, it, it would only be a two-game swing for him. But I mean, you think about it, then it would—I mean, that's they would only be down what two games entering this week, so it would still be doable. Three and a half. Five and a half back now. So if you give him two games, Cubs would have 85 wins, I guess. Yeah, it'd be game and a half, I guess. Brewers would have 84 wins, so. Yeah, like a game and a half, two games. That was a huge swing. Um, just one of those games would have been very important to get for to chase the Rockies because uh, on Milwaukee, I would I wouldn't mind seeing them in there. They lost Jimmy Nelson, uh, their best pitcher, which sucks. They got uh, we played a game with him on the baseball podcast. Yeah. Um, I didn't mention the three pitchers for for Milwaukee who are obscure as they come. Uh, Chase Anderson. Uh, one of their guys. Also got uh, Brent Suter and the other guy that's good for the who is he? Another good pitcher. Zach Beast. Zach Beast has 17 wins on the year. So, um, those are the three pitchers that they get into the playoffs. They, they've done well. And they're an exciting team that hits a lot of home runs. So, uh, Rockies aren't playing good right now. We like the Rockies, but it's, it's I mean, Milwaukee would be, I mean, much, much tougher against Arizona. I'm hoping to get Arizona after such wins. Yes. No, I, I'm very interested with the Diamondbacks here. Like I said, I, they are the team that I think is could be the most dangerous uh, come, come. I mean, just the Dodgers, yes, they seem to have righted the ship a little bit here. We know the Nationals are perennial playoff uh, uh, losers, but, um, yeah, this is, this is going to be very interesting here uh, with the playoffs starting up next week. I mean, you, you look at it, the Cubs haven't played great. Defending caps. You got the Dodgers, who always seem to fall short. You have Washington, franchises that won a playoff series. So, yeah, I don't think it's, well, I mean, I'm sure we'll make our World Series picks next next week. Yeah. Uh, I, if I would have to guess, I would say both of your teams were, were maybe a lot of red. And I would maybe agree with you on uh, your pick right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, really, you look at the AL, all four teams that have the best chance of making, you know, that are going to be in the playoffs right now, you know, the, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Indians, and the Astros, they're all playing great baseball right now, which is exactly what you need going down the stretch. Astros seem to be, have right of the ship since they got Justin Verlander, so that's big for them. Uh, you have, of course, you know, the Red Sox playing great. The Yankees are, have certainly turned things around here after their little swoon. So that's big. But then, I mean, no one's touching the Indians. No one. Uh, they, they just aren't. So the Indians right now, head and shoulders, the the, the the favorites headed into this thing. I'll be very disappointed if it's not Houston and Cleveland. I want to see that series. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, Cleveland lost two games to like a month. Yeah. Both men starts by Trevor Bauer. Uh, one one started in pitch while the other pitched fine and just didn't score. He lost three one. Isn't he the blister boy that uh, like his finger was gushing or something from doing something stupid? He was a guy last year in Detroit. Yeah, he cut his pinky. He was screwing around with his girlfriend, and he cut his finger. So that's not good. But he's been really good. Wasn't a fan of him, but he's he's been good for the past month and a half. Um, I don't think it's. I mean, Cleveland they play the Twins and they play Chicago. Um, I 
Yeah. No, I I I agree. It's good. It's gonna be. It's gonna be very very good. I I can't. Uh, I can't wait. This, this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun watching the Twins in the playoffs. Even if it's only one game, just to have them back. So. I imagine, I mean, I, I imagine it's going to be like a 3-1 to one game, whether they're ahead or behind. It's going to be close. It's going to come down to whether or not they can get a big hit or whether or not they can prevent the Yankees if the Twins can hold the lead. Uh, I hope it's close play. Give me seven, eight, nine, give me a one, two, one, zero, eight. It's fine. Um, I had to ask you a couple times. Twins probably should have won one of those games. But, uh, I would much rather play 18 one time than have them beat them three out of five. And one time, 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 one so he could be, uh, could be an interesting uh, factor. Uh, David Price throwing a couple innings on the bullpen. Finally, um, unless you have an obscure hitter or pitcher for the week. Very good, yep. Yep, very good. It's very good. I enjoyed going or being on the podcast with you with uh, you and Evan. And I would have to imagine here that uh, was my accurate – what was I accurate when I said I'm about a five on a scale of one to ten being a baseball fan in my knowledge? Yeah, I mean, we were looking for the baseline guy. Very good. Well, I enjoyed being on the podcast. There, final thing here: a big NBA trade went down this weekend, but I don't know if it really was a big baseball trade uh, or a basketball trade. Excuse me. Carmelo Anthony gets traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, gives them a formidable. Uh, trio between Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. It's a lot of shots there. That and there's only one basketball, but the Thunder didn't have to give up practically anything. Uh, what a, 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 a draft pick, and who else did they get? It was like a bag of peanuts and something else. Oh yes. Oh yes, Doug McDermott on his third team in six months. Yeah. Oh yeah. For whatever that's worth, for for the next couple years, just to free up some money. Yeah, but the the Knicks are going to be bad. Um, you do have also. The uh, Dwayne Wade's going to get bought out by the Bulls. The Cavaliers are the front runners there, and Isaiah Thomas, they think, will be back by January after the the hip injury. So Cleveland uh, put some got some potential uh, stuff going on here. Isaiah Thomas going to be out for a while, so that's not good. He's going to miss the first two or three months. So, um, like, where do you know whether he goes back to Miami or maybe goes to the Spurs? Uh, can Cleveland, could, could, Cleveland needs him the most. Yes. I mean, I mean yep. he's a guy to come off the bench, give you 25 minutes, 
give you maybe 15 points. Does Wade push the Cavs over the top any more in terms of, like, where does this even them up with with Golden State? And the, the Oklahoma City trio now, they still can't touch Golden State. Can they make this interesting? It would seem that they would be the uh, the, the, the safe pick, the easy pick to win the Northwest Division. But um, in terms of uh, – they, they can't beat Golden State in the West. And you have Houston in there. I do like Minnesota, but, I mean, they're probably finishing second. But where, where does Oklahoma City fit, figure in all of this? Do they have to try to outscore Golden State or try to stop them? Uh, trying to stop them, that's no fun. Uh, so I suppose you just try to outscore them. And I guess that's what Oklahoma City is trying to do. They're going to score 120, and we're going to score 121. It's going to be interesting. I don't know how much better from all that that he makes them. Uh, they're sure they're a more interesting team than they were uh, a week ago or a couple months ago before they got Paul George. So. Uh, Sam Preston, GM, there, giving him credit for, for doing what he's doing. Um, and not having to give up much in, in the in, at all with these trades. And uh, this could all be, I mean, Oklahoma City could be one of the worst teams in the league by this time next year because they're all, I think they're all free agents or Westbrook and uh, Paul George. So this is this is big risk here. So they're going forward, may as well. Uh, again, Durant, he's been, he's been hurt in the past. Curry's got his ankles, so. I think the only chance the Golden State doesn't win is if Curry or Durant, one of them has to keep her in the playoffs. Other than that, okay, again, uh, with the fourth straight year, yep. Golden State Cleveland. Yep. I'm fine with that. Uh, again, the only team that can beat Golden State is Cleveland, and the only team that can beat Cleveland is Golden State. So, yep. Do it again for the fourth straight year. I've enjoyed the past three finals. Let's do it again. And um, the, the, the hot take right now is Golden State is better than they were last year. Uh, I think they're probably going to win seven, at least 70 games again. And really build on, uh, continue to build on what could be one of the great dynasties in sports. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I would just say, has, has any team had to give up less for two superstars than Oklahoma City has? I can't recall anything. No. I, th- I think it has to do with their intending free agency. I think that's part of it. Uh, and I think part of it is, like, a lot of people thought Indiana got sold. So I'm afraid, like, that's all you got. A lot of people here with the Knicks are just like, well, yeah, I think it maybe says more about Carmelo Anthony's value right now, which apparently isn't much. I thought if he was traded, he'd go to Cleveland. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I did not expect Oklahoma City. And apparently, you know, not a whole lot of other teams thought much of him. No, but it's very interesting. Uh, anything else before we say so long? Uh-huh. Yes, yes. This is a, a show that, uh, or weekly podcast that I did not expect us to be having uh, in terms of the conversation. Um, and uh, hopefully we won't have to have it again, but um, I'm sure inevitably something will happen. But uh, Can you remember other presidents asking private citizens to be fired from their jobs? So, that's, there's so many things to talk about. We talked about a lot of them. 
But it's just the people continue to support this guy. Like, man, you're why? I can't. I can't figure it out. I'll never figure that out. Uh, something that I they, they don't really know. And just right now, I, I'm just kind of exhausted with everything and can't really can't really go into it. But we'll see what happens next week. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. But thank you so much, my friend, and uh, we'll chat next week. Yes, yes. Enjoy it and and cheer on my Hokies against your Tigers. Okay. Well, if you if Virginia Tech wins, though, you won't be too upset, will you? I'll be. If they win, I'll be on a wagon. I got I got Virginia Tech stuff I can wear. So by all means, if they, if they can do it, if they can, as I said, show me something. And if they show me something, then uh, we may get on one. You guys know Virginia Tech, as you know, uh, should, should be great. Should be fantastic. <laughs> Very good. We'll, we'll talk to you later, my friend. Travis Crins join us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate this time and perspective as always. As mentioned, this is this is not a um, this was not a a discussion that we foresaw coming. Uh, it's not a conversation that I necessarily enjoy having because I know the the passion uh, on both sides here. The you know. The, the, the Trump supporters and you know the the anti-Trump Trumpets Trumpites anyway, um, but there's just nothing that, that can be done in terms of you know avoiding this discussion uh, because if if I was to avoid the if we were to avoid the discussion here then then why the hell do a podcast uh, a sports podcast because this is the big story in all of sports and it's just it is sad I I just I again. I get that you. I get the people that think it, it's disrespectful. I do, but um, I, I wish. I just hope that you understand what it is that these players are trying to show, and I, you know, just give pause to, and just kind of understand what's going on and. You know, we take a look at. Uh, I'm just going to read you some of the of the of the statements here um, by the owners. Certainly not all of them, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, New England's uh, Robert Kraft. I already mentioned. I read part of that. Here, uh, Giants owners John Mayer and Steve Tisch, comments like we heard last night from the president are inappropriate, offensive, and divisive. We are proud of our players, the vast majority of whom use their NFL platform to make a positive difference in our society. Detroit Lions owner and chairman Martha Firestone Ford, our game has long provided a powerful platform for dialogue and positive change in many communities throughout our nation. Thanks primarily to our players, the NFL also has been a unifying force in our country and impactful change has and hopefully will continue to be the result of peaceful expression done so in order to highlight social injustices of all kinds. Uh, or of all kind, negative and disrespectful comments suggesting otherwise are contrary to the founding principles of our country, and we do not support those con- uh, those countries or opinions. Uh, Stephen Ross, Miami Dolphins owner, he's also Ross in initiative 
in sports for equality, acronym of RISE. Says our country needs unifying leadership right now, not more divisiveness. We need to seek uh, understanding, or do, we need to seek to understand each other and have civil discourse instead of condemnation and sound bites. I know our players who kneel for the anthem, and these are smart young men of character who want to make our world a better place for everyone. They wanted to start a conversation and are making a difference in our community, including working with law enforcement to bring people together. We all can benefit from learning, listening, and respecting each other. Sports is a common denominator in our world. We have the responsibility to use this platform to promote understanding, respect, and equality. There's a whole lot more. I'm going to read just uh, a few more here, a few more of the, the of, I guess I would I would say the, the more notable ones, and, uh, you know, about throwing the Vikings one here as well. But Shad Khan from Jacksonville Jaguars. Quoted, it was a privilege to stand on the sidelines with the Jacksonville Jaguars today for the playing of the U.S. National Anthem at Wembley Stadium. I met with our team captains prior to the game to express my support for them. All NFL players in the league following the divisive and contentious remarks made by President Trump and was honored to be arm-in-arm arm with them, their teammates, and our coaches during our anthem. Our team in the National Football League reflects our nation with diversity coming in many forms, race, faith, our views, and our goals. We have a lot of work to do, and we can do it, but the comments by the president make it harder. That's why it was important for us, and personally for me, to show the world that even if we may differ at times, we can and should be united in the effort to become better as people and a nation. San Francisco 49ers CEO Jed York. The callous and offensive comments made by the president are contradictory to what this great country stands for. Our players have exercised their rights as United States citizens in order to spark conversation and action to address social injustice. We will continue to support them in their peaceful pursuit of positive change in our country and around the world. San Francisco 49ers will continue to work to bring to, to, toward bringing together toward bringing communities and those who serve them closer together and uh just a couple more here to sound off um uh, Atlanta Falcons owner and chairman Arthur Blank, we are at our very best when we are working together, building unity and including everyone's voice in a constructive dialogue, creating division or demonizing viewpoints that are different than our own accomplishes, nothing positive and undermines our collective ability to achieve the ideals of our democracy. The NFL has historically been a strong catalyst for positive change, and I'm proud of the way our players, coaches, and staff use that platform to give back to our community and strive to be good citizens, making a positive impact on this and future generations. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Los Angeles chairs, uh, Los Angeles Chargers owner and chairman of the board, Dean Spanos. I wholeheartedly agree with the commissioner's statement. The NFL and its players more than anything have been a, a force for good. What our country needs right now is a message of unity, civility, and mutual respect. I have uh, tremendous respect for our flag and the men and women who defend it. Ours is the greatest nation in the world, one of which people are able to speak freely and stand up publicly for their beliefs. Our players, as do all Americans, have every right to speak their mind and from their heart. It was an honor to join them on the field today. And uh, from Ziggy and Mark Wolf and the entire Wolf family, owners of the Minnesota Vikings, well, professional sports offer a platform unlike any other, a platform that can bring people from a variety of backgrounds together to impact positive change 
in our society. As owners, it is our job to foster an environment that recognizes and appreciates diversity of thought and encourages using this platform in a constructive manner. Rather than make divisive statements, we believe in promoting thoughtful, inspiring conversation that unifies our communities. We are proud of our players, coaches, and staff for the important role they play in our community, and we fully support their constitutional right to respectfully and peacefully express their beliefs. Those are just some of the uh, nearly every owner, uh, I believe the only owner right now, to, uh, to not say anything is uh, Jerry Jones. So um, there you go. Just some of the, what's going on. You can find all these, of course, on NFL.com. Just search NFL owners' statements. Um, NFL.com is one of the first ones there. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's it's remarkable what happened here. Um, I support what the players do. I can't. I I will not say that I would totally do it myself, but I understand what they're trying to achieve here. I think they are doing it peacefully, and I, I don't really have a problem with it. So I know there are many out there who disagree, but um, there you have it. We'll wrap up here with a look back at week three, the action on the field, and preview week four here to finish up the Sports Block podcast. Let's wrap up this week's the Sports Block podcast with a look back at what happened uh, in week three in the NFL and preview, make some predictions for week four. Here, uh, let's uh, let's go to last Thursday night. This game on paper did not look like it was going to be a good game at all, but lo and behold, it ended up being one of the best games of the week. What a great way to kick off week three. Los Angeles Rams beat the San Francisco 49ers 41-39. to Todd Gurley was magnificent, had what, three touchdowns in this one. Jared Goff looked good, but all of a sudden the San Francisco 49ers came back. They scored a touchdown and then uh, forced a fumble on the ensuing kickoff and scored right after that. Uh, unfortunately, Robbie Gold had missed an extra point, so they were forced to go for two and couldn't get it, but then they recovered an onside kick and a very poor, perhaps, offensive pass interference penalty uh, stalled their drive. They ended up getting sacked on fourth down, and the Rams survived 41-39. But what a what a great game. Uh, something that you weren't expecting on a Thursday night here, especially between two semi, you know, two bad teams. But the Rams, they look good. They're the highest scoring offensive team so far in the NFL. Sunday, first London game of the season got underway, and the Jaguars steamrolled the Baltimore Ravens 44-7. The, the Ravens had under 200 yards of total offense, and that was a lot of the, those yards were in garbage time in the fourth quarter after Joe Flacco was benched. Uh, it, I mean, they may as well have just stayed in Baltimore. That, it was just awful. What they were showing, uh, the, the, the Jaguars played great. Blake Bortles, four touchdowns, good for him. Uh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I did not expect that to to happen at all. The picks were picks in weeks one and three were not very kind. Now I'll, I'll say that for sure, and this was one of them. Buffalo Bills take down the Denver Broncos twenty six to sixteen. Of course, everyone's kind of looking at the Von Miller person uh, on Sportsman like penalty a sportsman like conduct penalty when he you know looked like he was going down to pick up a buffalo bills player and then pulled his hand back and the and the refs threw a flag it should not have been a flag at all 
Not saying that the Broncos would have won that game uh, had that happened, but the Bills were able to ice it thanks in large part to that penalty. So they win 26-16. Uh, I didn't give the the Saints a chance against the Panthers. I just thought the Panthers' offense finally picked things up against that Saints' defense, and boy, was I wrong. Uh, Drew Brees, phenomenal in this game. Michael Thomas had a had a big day receiving, and the Saints just pummeled the Panthers 34-13. And there's some serious concerns there in Carolina with that offense. Cam Newton does not look right. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, the wide receiver, had to leave the game. They're already without Greg Olson. So uh, the things are not looking good down there in Carolina. Uh, one of the more stunning results of the day, Chicago beating Pittsburgh 23-17 to in overtime. The Steelers, again, there's a lot surrounding them and Mike Tomlin and the National Anthem and um, Alejandro Villanueva, the offensive lineman, standing there. He, Of course, he served... Um, a couple of tours and duties in uh, um, in Afghanistan. Uh, so I believe it was like Afghanistan, either Afghanistan or Iraq. So uh, decorated war soldiers. So um, of course he he was out there. But that that aside, uh, the Steelers' offense has just not looked in sync so far this year. Uh, Jordan Howard had a big day, a couple of touchdowns here. There was a, a huge gap at the end of the first half, a blocked field goal by the Steelers and the Bears. Um, Guy returned it, and he just loafed in, and great hustle by the Steelers to knock that ball free before they got in the end zone, and then just batted it out. It, it, crazy sequence. You have to see it to believe it. Um, but the Bears do pull find a way to win in overtime, 23-17, but I think there's some serious questions regarding Pittsburgh. But the Bears, Bears have played well so far this year, much better than uh, most people, especially myself, were expecting. Crazy finish in Detroit where Atlanta beats Detroit 30-26. to Of course, uh, we're talking about Golden Tate being down at the one-yard line. Third and goal from the one. Uh, Stafford throws it to Golden Tate. It's ruled a touchdown on the field, but replay because uh, they review all scoring plays and especially plays inside of two minutes when they're close. This one was overturned. Tate was clearly touched before the ball crossed the the goal line. And because the Lions did not have a timeout, an automatic 10-second runoff ensued. There was only eight seconds left of the game. And just like that, the Lions lose. It's a heartbreaking game for them to lose. The the Falcons remain undefeated by the teeth of their... Or by by their chinny-chin-chin. Uh, by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, both times against... I mean, they had to survive very close calls on the road at Chicago and at Detroit early on this year. I took a chance on the Browns. Browns failed me. Uh, Colts win 31-28. T.Y. Hilton was great in this game. Five catches, over 150 yards, and a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett had a couple of rushing touchdowns. He looks uh, more comfortable as the Colts quarterback, so uh, not like they have to rush Andrew Luck back. It seems like it's a lost season for them anyway. Uh, But it's a disappointing uh, effort there by the Browns. Colts win 31-28. As mentioned, uh, I don't know what we can say about Case Keenum. Got a case of the Keenums after he had a career high, 369 yards, three touchdowns, stellar performance as the Vikings beat the Bucks 34-17. If you were following the narrative throughout the week, you know that they were talking about how Keenum has the Bucks number. And granted, the Bucks defense was uh, depleted. But uh, yeah, Case Keenum, he likes playing the NFC South and yeah. Highly unlikely that he'll be playing at Atlanta and at Carolina, but it was a good win for the Vikings here in this one. Uh, Speaking of comebacks, Tom Brady. 
what else can you say? Uh, the tremendous pass there to Brandon Cooks with 23 seconds to go. Lifts the Patriots to a 36-33 win over Houston. Of course, Bill O'Brien did not have... I mean, the defense played decent for the most part, and Deshaun Watson played really well. But a couple of mishaps, you know, they, they're half yards shy of really essentially icing the game away on offense, and it's a couple of boneheaded defensive plays. I just not 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 uh, not good for Houston. They could have come out with a win, but New England does prevail, thirty six thirty three. Uh, mentioned the the Baltimore Ravens were a no show. It would appear that the Miami Dolphins also were a no show against the Jets, who are not that great. But they played great in this game. They beat the Dolphins twenty to six, and the Dolphins only scored a touchdown with no time remaining in the fourth quarter. Jay Cutler to Devontae Adams. So. Uh, Devontae Parker, excuse me. Devontae Adams plays for the Packers. We'll get to them in a moment. Uh, Eagles take down the Giants 27-24. Jake Elliott, the story in this one, kicker from from the University of Memphis, kicks a 61-yard field goal. Place erupted. Odell Beckham, I mean, the the Giants were shot out through three quarters. They had the lead. Uh, They just kind of kept going back and forth, back and forth. And because of their inability to run the ball or their decision not to run the ball. They gave the Eagles the ball back and uh, Carson Wentz, nice pass to Alshon Jeffrey and then Elliott hits the game winning field goal. Sounds like Wentz is going to give uh, Elliott his game check. So yeah, overall not uh, not good for the Giants. 0-3 hole, but that's a th- incredible finish there for the Eagles. Titans take down the Seahawks 33-27. Some things are bad in the Seahawks uh, defense. Richard Sherman probably should have been ejected in this game. Uh, Russell Wilson finally had a good day with four touchdowns, but there are some serious concerns, I think, there in Seattle. Uh, But the Titans, that's a good win for them. They win 33-27. Packers come back to beat the Bengals 27-24 in overtime. The Packers were down 21-7 at half. The Bengals perhaps got a little conservative, couldn't ice the game away in the second half. They missed a chip shot field goal, which helped uh, Aaron Rodgers throw a game winning, you know, get back in it, tie the game up with a touchdown to Jordy Nelson with uh, seconds to go in the fourth quarter. And then a big play, 72-yard pass, uh, catch and run to Geronimo Allison. Helped seal the win for the Packers, 27-24 over the Bengals. That It's a game that they should not have won. Uh, and the Bengals essentially gave that game away to him. And Kareem Hunt, still the story for Kansas City. Uh, another big day rushing, what, 169 yards, including a 72-yard touchdown run or something like that. Uh, the, the the Chiefs win 24-10. They picked off Phillip Rivers three times, uh, leaving the Los Angeles Chargers on a day once again where there were essentially more visiting fans for the Chiefs than there were home fans cheering for the Chargers. They dropped to 0-3. They lose 24-10. Big surprise in the nation's capital where Washington beats Oakland 27-10. The Raiders failed to show up in this one. Derek Carr was atrocious. Couldn't get the ball to Amari Cooper or Michael Crabtree at all. Uh, this was not a very good game for Oakland by any stretch of the imagination. That's something that's definitely a cause for concern. And you, you know, Playing Denver this upcoming week here going to make things difficult that's for sure and then monday night dallas beats arizona 28 to 17 arizona was starting out they started out red hot carson palmer was 11 of 11 they scored a touchdown on their first drive they drove down the field on the second drive had a holding penalty push a touchdown back and then 
Uh, they miss a chip shot field goal. Phil Dawson, he is supposed to be the guy that they brought in to help anchor and solve their kicking woes. And he did not do that in this game. Momentum swung heavily towards Dallas at that point. Dak Prescott with two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. He'll lead the way. The Cowboys win 28-17. However, Carson Palmer now has thrown 100 touchdowns now with two different teams. The Bengals and the Cardinals. Only Fran Tarkenton, Kurt Warner, and the other name is escaping me. I do apologize, but the exclusive list of the 100-100 club. So, but unfortunately, he'd rather have a win. So that's a look at week three in the NFL. Let's preview some games here in week four. Of course, the official predictions will be made in the stack that can be found at stackattack.sportsblog.com. We'll have this posted. uh, The blog is posted every Friday morning. Uh, So that's where the official predictions are. Are here, but we'll start Thursday night, 8:25 p.m. Eastern, 7:25 p.m. Central Time on CBS and the NFL Network. It's the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Get to hear Tony Romo uh, actually in a full game. I have not been able to to listen to him yet, even though I know he did call the Bengals-Packers game. Of course, I was on the road uh, traveling back after it was at the Vikings game and saw them beat the Bucks. So I was unable to hear Tony Romo. Have not heard him yet on either of the the, the Raiders Titans game in Week One or Patriots Saints in Week Two. So I'm very, uh, very much looking forward to this one. If the Packers had lost to the Bengals, this would be a battle to see who would be last in the NFC North. But the, the Packers are going to win this game here fairly easily. Second London game of the year, New Orleans Saints at the Miami Dolphins, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Central Time on Fox. Uh, I mean, the Saints looked impressive last week. The Dolphins, Adam Gase has promised there will be some changes. I mean, this is a home game, quote-unquote, for Miami, but playing in London... Really tough. I I'm gonna take Miami, but I don't say that with a great deal of confidence at all, and certainly is subject to change. Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans, one uh, one p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. This is on Sunday. What a great game this is! Great matchup. These are two teams that I believe will be in the playoffs when it's all said and done on the AFC side. Uh, the Texans looked good last week against New England. I'm gonna take them narrowly over Tennessee, but uh, Tennessee's playing really well too this is essentially a toss-up game i think it will come down to uh, one possession either field goal or a touchdown one way or the other here but i am leaning towards houston right now jacksonville jaguars at the new york jets 1 p.m eastern noon central time on cbs i mean the the jets played well last week the the jaguars they can't do that again back-to-back games blake bortles is going to have some problems i'm going to pick the jaguars anyway though just because the jets suck Right? I mean, there's no way. I'll take the Jaguars, but I don't say that very confidently either. Carolina Panthers at the New England Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Um, The Patriots have some woes defensively, but the Panthers have some issues offensively. So, uh, struggle versus struggle on that side. Tom Brady will be able to tear apart the Panthers' defense, just like Drew Brees did last week. Patriots will beat the Panthers. 
Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Again, difficult loss for the Lions last week, last second there. I know they're probably uh, salty for sure after that one. And the Vikings, they don't want they want to avoid what happened last year when they inexplicably lost to the Detroit Lions, giving up a, a lot of yards and a game-tying field goal and then losing the game in overtime. They will be better in this game if regardless of who is quarterbacking, Case Keenum or Sam Bradford, I'm going to guess it's Keenum, and I do think that the Vikings will prevail, and they will move to 3-1. and one. Buffalo Bills at the Atlanta Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Give me the Falcons. I think, they, I think this begins their run of four consecutive games against the AFC East. The Falcons are the better team. They will beat the Bills. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. One of the best rivalries in the game of football today. The Ravens looked terrible last week. The Steelers didn't look much better. I mean, I expect the Ravens to come out with a much better effort, but at some point I do think the Steelers get this offense figured out. And I think it'll be this week. I I just can't see them losing back-to-back games here. I like the Steelers to take down the Ravens. Battle of winless teams, Battle of Ohio. Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. While I think this is very much a winnable game for the Browns, I will take the Bengals because they did look better last week against Green Bay. The Browns' defense did not look good against the Colts. Maybe they just went in expecting the Colts' offense to suck. I don't know, but I will take the Bengals in this one very narrowly. A game that looks a lot better now than it did at the beginning of the year, the Los Angeles Rams at the Dallas Cowboys, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. I'll take the Cowboys because... uh, I mean, that that offense is going to... Playing at home, everything's better at home. I, this game's going to be a lot closer, though. And the Rams' offense can put up some points, so expect a high-scoring affair down there at Jerry World. But I do like the Cowboys in this one. Philadelphia Eagles at the Los Angeles Chargers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. At some point, I do think that the Chargers will get that first win. They will play better. I'm still not necessarily sold on the Eagles, but uh, the Chargers just haven't looked good. Yeah, I mean, they've had a couple of close losses. Last week was not good. I think the Eagles win this one. Very close. Um... Don't say that with very much confidence, though, at all. I, and I'm not—I'll I, be honest—I'm not very confident with most of these here. Uh, you have the New York Giants at the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 4:05 p.m. Eastern, 3:05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The Giants' offense finally came to life, and even though Odell Beckham is, you know, pretending to pee like a dog, and he's in the the proverbial doghouse now of Giants owners. Uh, I think you know that that Bucks defense was bad last week. Maybe they get Brent Grimes back this week. Who knows? But sounds like Levante David is out there, linebacker for a few weeks here with a high ankle sprain. I will take the Giants because this is a must-win for them. Uh, gonna be tough for the Bucks. Uh, it's gonna be tough for both teams, but I will take the Giants. Reluctantly, The San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. 
49ers offense finally came to life last week. I think the Arizona defense shuts them down a little bit more. Here, that front four for the 49ers is going to be able to get pressure on Carson Palmer and the and the Cardinals because the Cardinals offensive line is not very good. But I do think Arizona does enough to come out victorious. Oakland Raiders at the Denver Broncos, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. This is a must-win, almost uh, not a must-win, but... I mean, both teams, you don't want to fall in most likely what will be two games behind the Chiefs at this point. The Raiders played bad last week. I got to think they're going to play better. But that Broncos defense is tough. Playing back home, I think I like the Broncos in this one to beat the Raiders, which is bad for me and my wallet. Uh, The Indianapolis Colts at the Seattle Seahawks, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Come on. Really? Not going to do it here. Doesn't matter if Jacoby Brissett's playing. Doesn't matter if Scott Tolzien's. The, the Colts are not going to beat Seattle in Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson and company will figure things out. They will get the W in this one. And then finally, Washington at Kansas City, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday Night Football on ESPN. If there's ever a game that probably should have some protests, it's this one. You have the, the Washington team with a... A racial slur as their nickname, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I, it just speaks for itself, but uh, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, too much for Washington to overcome. I like the Chiefs in this one, and that's a look at week four in the NFL. Do we have any team on a bye? I don't think so. 1, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 16, 22. Uh, 28-32. No, no, no buys this week. Do the buys begin week five? I want to say that they do. Regardless, those are the picks. Again, official picks will be unveiled in the stack at stackattack.sportsblog.com. That will be on Friday. Uh, Again, this was a difficult show. Not going to lie. I hope that... Travis and I feel a certain way, and I know that there are a lot of others out there, some who may be listening to this podcast, that do not feel that way. And again, you are entitled to your opinion. That's the beauty of the, the you know living in the United States is this you know the First Amendment rights, the freedom of speech. It's a free country. All I guess I again I would ask is that. You just listen to why the players are doing this. Start asking questions. Start seeing what you can do to help make, if I mean, what all of uh, what a lot of people are saying out there is make America great again. Well, we can't if we aren't willing to hear each other out. And for too many Americans, I feel like. They aren't listening to the players. They are choosing to react a certain way. And it's making something out to be... We just don't need this. We need to unite, stand as one, and that means hearing other people out, listening to the problems. Uh, They are not doing this to disrespect the military. They never have uh, said that they're doing this to disrespect them. Sports is a un- unique plat. Sports has a unique platform. Athletes have a unique platform to be able to help convey social change and and bring awareness to a cause. That's what these players are doing. Um, quite frankly, if there is another way, 
then that that you who are offended by it, this should be. And, and just remember too, I don't mean to go into political offset here, but you know there is a whole code of ethics re- regarding the flag, and you know wearing like American flags on on clothing, and you have plates and napkins and whatnot with the American flag on it. The 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 code on the American flag has something to say about that. So if you're going to be doing all this and the disrespect to the national anthem, and everything, be consistent across the board. But again, I would just hope that you you don't have to agree with it. You'd say, you know what, I'm going to put my hand over my heart. I'm going to stand for the national anthem. But I respect that they have that freedom of speech that freedom of choice to be able to do that but I and again I just would implore you to really ask start asking questions more rather than just immediately get angry see why they're doing it and if there is something different that they could do because I, I I truly don't know you know if they did a a, a march or something that would get this much publicity would we be talking about it? and of course now it, it this whole national anthem thing is kind of steal, steering away and and diverting from what they're the players are trying to convey and that is the social injustice injustice that we are seeing in the society today and there's no way we can make America great again without uh, hearing these problems out and figuring out solutions to make America better this is not making America better by being closed minded and I just ask that you would think about that I really hope that the NFL owners that this wasn't just a one week deal I really hope they don't try and censor the players Jerry Jones sounds like he might but that's neither here nor there I just that that sign of solidarity and the 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 players the owners the commissioner all uniting on one front because they were attacked they were verbally attacked and verbally assaulted and there is no I, I just don't feel like there's any denying that. But we need to hear each other out and try and come up with a resolution to the problem. Again, you don't have to like it, like what the players are doing. You you don't have to say, I'm, I've, you can say, I'm not going to do what they're doing. And that's fine. But this is America. This is a freedom of speech protected under the First Amendment. And I guess I would just ask that you hear these players out. Because what they're trying to bring cause to, or bring awareness to, is a real cause. It is a real thing. And we all need to try and make America better. Not just for us, not for our children, but for our children's children. Make tomorrow better than it was yesterday. You can find this podcast online on iTunes. Just search a sports block. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter at NDStack and have this posted middle to later part of the week. Also on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Um, happier days ahead. Happier podcast next week. Uh, very excited to have Charlie Hildebrand. Uh, should be joining us. The season edition, the official edition or a premiere of Bullbound or Not uh, 
sweeping the country. You definitely want to uh, download us next week, listen to that podcast here. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope um, I hope you were able to make it through it because I, I do know that there will be some that just say, no, I can't handle this and either shut it off or just or move on to this spot. So if you are if you've been able to stick with us from the beginning, I thank you very much. Again, I, I just hope that we could at least bring in a try and that understanding, a perspective of this here. Um, that's that's really all we can hope for. We'll see what happens on Thursday. We'll see what happens on Sunday. We'll see what happens this week in the NFL. Uh, Nathan Stacken saying thank you for listening. We hope you uh, download us again. Come back next week here to iTunes, Twitter, or Facebook. Find the link. Listen to us again. You've been listening to the Sports Block Podcast.